0: some of us, that will have transported us to a different world. For some of us, we'd never heard that song before. Hum? What were we singing? I wasn't singing. I'm not going to sing it. I can't do as good a job as Louis Armstrong. So the song is... We have all the time in the world. That's what it is. And there are certain times of life or of the year that sort of stress how we seem to have less time. Now, for so many of the students, still have had deadlines, you know, assignments in, essays to write, presentations to make. For some of us who are still in May, Christmas seems to be arriving very quickly. And we get to this time of year, and suddenly there's sort of all this activity that we have to sort of try and cram in to what seems to be an ever-diminishing space of time. One of my uh, guilty pleasures this year, and I haven't done it before, is to watch every episode of The Great British Bake Off. Which has been great while I've been trying to lose some weight. It's been really really helpful. And the fact that living with such an amazing cook is, is also very hard. And I don't know if many of you, if everybody's aware of what that is, but it's a cooking competition. And I want to do what they do at the, uh, the beginning. They, they have sort of three separate challenges they have to do. And at the beginning of each challenge, they are told what they've got to make, Well, for two of them, told what they were going to make. Um, For one of them, it's what they call a blind challenge. So they just literally lift a towel and see the ingredients, and then they've got to make what they're told to make out of it. But at the start, they get the timers, because they're given a certain amount of time. So the question is, how long do you want to give me, really? So I've got my timer... It's a special timer. It's got two because we've got two ovens. It's two uh, two timers. So uh, I've given myself an amount of time. And what they do, they go. I think I think the thing I've, I've written the phrase down because I keep getting this phrase wrong. No, get ready, on your marks, get ready, bake. There you go. Start the timer. Okay. So they say they give they in this competition. They're sold, we want you to bake a, a sort of usually a dish you've never heard of. Sometimes it's things like a Victoria sponge, but it's more, more complicated than that. And they say, you have two hours to bake this in. So they're given a set amount of time. And the challenge is set for them to use that time to achieve what they've been given to do. And for some of them, you look at it or as watching it or don't necessarily know, think, God, blimey, that's a long time. Or you think, God, blimey, how on earth are they going to be- make all that in that short period of time? That song that we sang, or no, we really sang, Kath wanted me to sing, but that wasn't going to happen. We have all the time in the world was the theme, it's been used in two James Bond films. One of them was way back when I was a lad, which means that some of you won't have been born. It wasn't in black and white. It was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was the only James Bond where a guy called George Lazenby played James Bond. And it played after James Bond had got married. And he got married to Diana Rigg. Now, me as a sort of young boy thinking, cool, lucky James Bond getting married to Diana Rigg. She was a very nice looking lady. And they would got married, they're driving away, and this song is playing and she gets killed. And the reality of what the song... The song was written and the reason they asked the guy to sing it who sang the version we heard, a guy called Louis Armstrong, is he wanted the irony that there wasn't all the time in the world. And Louis Armstrong who sang it is reputed to be the last song he ever sang because he was dying. There wasn't all the time in the world. And that song again has been used in the most recent James Bond film, right at the beginning of the film. And for those who've known the history of James Bond, as soon as that song plays, and you see James Bond driving, and he's got this lovely lady by his side, you're thinking, this is not gonna go well. Because the song is sung in irony. But there is also a reality to this. You see, We have been given time. We have been given the amount of time that we need to do the things that God has for us to do. We've been given a limited amount of time, it's a precious thing we've been given. But it's a finite thing. It's not going to grow. But we've been given sufficient. So the question is, what do we do with it? Because there is a reality that we have all the time in the world. Because God knows how long we have got. You know, there's apps that you can get. And you can, you can put in ver- various things. I've never tried it. But you can put in various things and it'll tell you when you're going to die. That's not really the sort of thing to build yourself up with. Or people look and go, well, the life expectancy... Now, I wrote this down to encourage some of you. <laughs> okay. So the life expectancy, if you were born in 2020, for a boy is 79 and for a girl... Is 83. The most common age to die in Britain, that's, that's in, that's in um, England, the most common age to die in England for a male is 86 and for a female is 89. The question is how are we going to spend this precious resource? Let's look in Ephesians chapter 5 and we're going to read verses, just verses, what give you? Yeah, just verses 15 and 16. Did I give you down to 20, Karen? Yeah, okay, we'll read down to 20. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In the Passion translation, those two verses say this. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day, as you spend your life for his purposes. The word, in, in older translations, in the, in the King James Version, the verse says, redeem the time, because the days are evil. And the word for redeem is ex or adzi or zo, ex, you know, ex adj or adzo. And that means, basically, take full advantage of to rescue it from loss some of us um, are probably like me now Ali will occasionally I'd be my wife occasionally come across in the uh, in our bathroom with a tube of toothpaste that is not like standing up on his end but he's like rolled up Now, unfortunately, I don't have one of those at the moment because I've just gone on to a new one after several months of trying to make out the... But I do have a tube of Savlon that is rolled up where I've tried to eke out the last bit of this before I go on to the new one. And that's what this verse is saying. We've got to eke out, exploit to its full extent every day that God has given us. To rescue it from loss. Not to just let it pass. There's a a song by Pink Floyd, it's called Time, and it talks about, you know, kicking around on a piece of ground and you're just watching the days going by and suddenly you realise ten years has gone. We need to be people who redeem the time. There's a saying by a, or there's a, a quote from um, a gentleman called C.T. Stud that says, only one life. Will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. We've got to make the most of this opportunity that God's given us. Because the reality is, we have all the time in the world for the things that God has for us, but we don't have all the time in the world just to let it fritter away. There are some people that think, yeah, I'm fine, no problem whatsoever. Um, we're going to look at um, a parable that Jesus told. If I can find where I've left my. Oops, no, we get rid of that one. Um, Luke chapter 12, we're going to look at. And we're going to start at verse 16. I can remember a conversation I had with one of um, Ali's brothers. Going back, this is a number of years ago now. Ali's brother had made a decision for Jesus in his teenage years. And he came to visit us um, soon after we were married, I think. And I can remember talking to him. And he was basically saying, yes, I've made a decision for Jesus, but I'm just going to part that. I want to live my life, for me, for a bit. And then a bit later on, I'll come back and I'll pick God up again. Verse 16 of Luke chapter 12 says this. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night... Your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but he's not rich towards God. This very night, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. When we are in... one of the churches we went to in Cuba, a midweek meeting, they had up on the on the wall um, just a message, which says, "Accepta a Cristo hoy, mañana, podría, certade." Accept Christ today; tomorrow may be too late. We cannot park a decision for God because we don't know what tomorrow will bring so if you're in this room today and you're thinking well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about this Jesus and you know, I'm, there's things sort of stirring inside and you're thinking I'd, I'd really like to find out some more accept Christ today Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get to know Jesus. Because the reality is, tomorrow may be too late. Another parable that Jesus told was in Matthew chapter 24, uh, sorry, 25. Matthew chapter 25 And we're going to start at the first verse. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, "Here's the bridegroom! Come out to meet him." Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, "Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out." "No," they replied. "There may, be, there may not be enough for both of us, both us and you, instead." Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they're on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And there's a similar verse to that last one, just in the parable before that. That's Matthew 24, verse 42. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. No warning. I've got all the time in the world. And this is to us as church. Church. We don't know when the master's coming back. There's people who will spend hours, days, months, years trying to work out, well, this event happens and that event happens and Jesus' return is going to be on this date, on this month, and that's not how we can live. We do not know when the master will return. We need to be ready. We need to have the oil in our lamp so that we are prepared for the bridegroom so are there things that we have been putting off are there things that God's been talking to us about in our lives whether it's things that we're doing and we should be stopping whether it's places we should go and we're not going whether it's people we need to speak to and we're not speaking to whether it's people we should be praying for and we're not praying for them today today if you hear his voice do not harden our hearts we do not know when the master is coming back so we cannot say i'll sort that problem out in a few days time god i have all the time in the world to get right with you baloney today is the day We're going to look at another parable now. Um, Yeah. We need to be redeeming the time. Let's just look at a couple of verses on the way to this next parable. We're going to look at John chapter 9 and verse 4. Karen, I do thank you for keeping up with my um, jumping around the list that you've got. To Jesus speaking. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. For some people, And it really struck me as as we were breaking bread. Jesus, for those of us who have asked Jesus to forgive us, to be Lord of our lives, he has brought us out of darkness into light. And what we just partook of to me, and it struck me afresh, and Sophie, thank you very much for the excellent way that you, you led us into that, that by his death on the cross, Jesus has shut the door to darkness. And by my acceptance of what he has done, that door is closed. It cannot get past that point. But there are people who were still in that darkness. A guy called um, William Booth, I can find a piece of paper with his crown, says this Put your ear to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire. You thought William Booth and the Salvation Army were all about, well, maybe they're all about, let's look after the bodily stuff and people's welfare now, which is good. But this guy was a firebrand. This guy saw God and said this as well. Most Christians would like to send their recruits to Bible college for five years. I I would like to send them to hell for five minutes. That would do more than anything else to prepare them for a lifetime of compassionate ministry. C.C. we who spoke about before, was his only one life, will soon be passed, only what done from Christ will last, said this as well. Some wish to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. There are people in darkness today, guys. There are people, we have been in darkness. Through Jesus, we are in light. But there are people who are in darkness. Let's read in Luke chapter 16. Um, We're going to read from verse 19. where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. So he said to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here. And you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great cadam is set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. William Booth again said, go and stand by the gates of hell. And hear the the damned entreat you to go to their fathers, their father's house, and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. We don't hear about hell much, but that's where we've been saved from. As much, yeah, as much as we've been sa- saved to eternal life, there is an eternal alternative. Mm. Matthew 25, 46 says, and this is Jesus talking at the end of, a, of another of parables. And this is about the, the sheep and the goat. They will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. We have all the time in the world to do what God wants us to do. Some people are living as if they've got all the time in the world and it's only every now and again that eternity butts up against their life. I was talking to a gentleman at work a couple of weeks ago, about 10 days ago, who was taking a sabbatical for two years from work so that he could spend time with his elderly parents whose health was deteriorating. And eternity had butted up against him because these people who had brought him up who he had known and he'd loved for many years, their health is declining, his mother's very rapidly declining. And he wanted to have time to spend with them. But the reality of life and the reality of death was hitting against his life, his comfortable life. All the time in the world, not I want to read something that some of you might know. Some of you will have heard. I heard it many years ago and in reading it again recently. Yeah, my heart breaks. This is hard, okay? Hell is not an easy thing. But we've been looking recently about the need for us to reach out. Well, what are we reaching out for? if it's not to rescue people from where they are. Yes, we're reaching them out with good news, because Jesus is good news. And part of the good news is, I will take you out from that pit that you're in. I will take you out of that darkness. I will take you out, and I will put you on solid rock. That is the good news. But the reality is that if people choose to stay and ignore that, that's parable Jesus, surely somebody were to raise from the dead come back from the dead people would believe that has been somebody who came back from the dead and he wants to re- us, through us to reach down and to pick people out of the pit that they're in but if they choose to stay there or if they don't hear the reality is not good. So this is by a lady called Amy Carmichael, who for the vast majority of her life lived out in India and ran a sort of orphanage, but it was a bit more than that. And this is what she said: "The tom-tom stumped straight on at night, all night. The darkness shudder round, shuddered around me like a living, feeling thing. I could not go to sleep, so I lay awake and looked and saw, as it seemed, this. So this is a vision that God gave her: that I stood on a grassy patch, and at my feet a ravine broke straight down into an infinite space. I looked but saw no bottom. Only cloud shapes, black and furiously coiled, and great shadow shrouded hollows and unfathomable depths. Back I drew, dizzy at the depth. Then I saw forms of people moving towards the edge. There was a woman with a baby in her arms and another little child holding onto her dress. She was on the very edge. She lifted her foot for the next step. Then, to my horror, I saw that she was blind. Because, before I could say anything, she was over, and the child with her. Their cries pierced the air as they fell into the inky blackness of the ravine. Then I saw more streams of people flowing from all quarters. All were blind, stone blind, all walked straight towards the egg. There were streaks as they suddenly knew themselves falling and a tossing up of helpless arms, catching, clutching at empty air. But some went over quietly and fell without a sound. Then I wondered, with a wonder that was sheer agony, why no one stopped them at the edge. I could not. I was glued to the ground. and I couldn't even yell. Though I strained and tried, only a whisper would come out. Then I saw that along the edge, there were sentries set at intervals. But the intervals were too large. There were wide and guarded gaps between them. And over these gaps, the people fell in their blindness, unwarned. And the green grass seemed blood-red to me, and the ravine yawned like the mouth of hell. Then I saw, like a little picture of peace, a group of people under some trees with their backs turned towards the ravine. They were making daisy chains. Sometimes when a piercing cry cut the quiet air and reached them, it disturbed them and they thought it was rather crude noise. And if one of their groups started up and wanted to go and do something to help, then all the others would pull them, that one down. Why should you get so excited about it? You must wait for a definite call to go. You haven't finished your daisy chain yet. It would be really selfish, they said, to leave us to finish the work alone. There was another group. It was made up of people whose great desire was to get out, get more sentries out. But they found that very few wanted to go. And sometimes there were no sentries for miles and miles along the edge. Once a girl stood in her place, waving the people back her mother, mother and other relations called and reminded her that she needed to rest she must not break the rules and being tired and needing a change she had to go and rest for a while but no one was sent to guard her gap and over and over the people fell like a waterfall of souls once a child grabbed at a tuft of grass that grew at the very edge of the green it, it clung convulsively and called but no one seemed to hear then the roots of the grass gave way, and with a cry the child went over, its two little hands still holding tight to the torn-off bunch of grass. And the girl who longed to go back to her gap thought she heard the little one cry, and she sprang up and wanted to go, at which her friends reproved her, reminding her that no one is necessary anywhere. The gap will be taken care of, they said, and then they sang a hymn. Then through the hymn came another sound like the pain of a million broken hearts rung out in one full drop, one sob and a horror of great darkness was upon me for I knew that it was the cry of the blood. Then a voice thundered. It was the voice of the Lord and he said What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. What does it matter after all? It has gone on for years. It will go on for years. Why make such a fuss about it? God forgive us. God arouse us. Shame us out of our callousness. Shame us out of our sin. There's a story in the Bible of a city under siege a place called Samaria and the people were starving uh, there was all sorts going on even cannibalism within the city and these four guys who had leprosy said we're going to die in the city we might as well go outside we're not welcome we've got this disease and God did a miracle and the army that had been surrounding the city, God caused them to hear another army. There was no other army, but God caused them to hear it. And they went, they scattered. And these four guys who'd gone outside the city, they walked to the camp, not knowing this had happened. And when they got there, they found the enemy's camp empty. And they started to enjoy some of the food that was there and the the things they could plunder. And then they came to their senses. And it says, and this is in 2 Kings chapter 7 it says, This is a day we are not doing right. This is a day of good news. And they knew the responsibility they had to tell of the good news and to relieve that famine that was in that city. This is a day of good news. We know the good news. There's too many gaps on that cliff edge as people are just wandering off to a lost eternity. The challenge is for us to redeem the time. There's a song, I'm going to finish with this. There's a song by a band called Delirious. This is a song written by a guy called Matt Redman and then the band Delirious. It's called Now is the Time. Now is the time... For us, to, and I'm not singing this one either, Kath now is the time for us to shine shine with the face of Christ divine no compromise for all heaven cries now is the time and one of the verses says I want to follow, but what does it mean to live in a world and keep everything clean it harks back to what we read right at the beginning in Ephesians chapter 5. Be careful how you live. I want to follow, but what does it mean to live in a world and keep everything clean? Nothing I own here is ever my own. When I live in the mercy and blessing you've shown, I lay down my rights, see the world through your eyes, and fight for the hungry who pay for their lives. I want to have you in all of my world so Jesus consume me, flow through me because now is the time. The musicians are just going to come up and we're going to go into a song of dedication really. We have all the time in the world to do what God wants us to do. We need to put our our lives into his hands so that we can be the people that he wants us to be, to reach the people that we need to reach. It isn't about just us putting our lives in his hands so that we can be blessed. There need to be more watchmen on that cliff edge, because around us there are people, and it's an old phrase, but I'll say it, who are marching to a lost eternity. Now is the time for us to shine, to redeem the time.